0: Hello, Glow fam. Welcome back to another episode of the Glow As You Grow podcast. My name is Casey Greer. I'm your host here on this podcast. And today we are very honored to have such a special, amazing guest. And it's going to be a value-packed episode. So grab a drink, grab your tea, your water, and definitely grab your journal because you're going to want to take notes. We're basically going on a little self-discovery journey and That sounds good to you. You are in the right place. Keep on listening. So we are joined with Yvonne Irene, who is otherwise known as the Embodied Astrologer. And I love her name because she really takes astrology to the next level and helps you become more embodied within yourself. And I think that's just a really magical thing to do. She's an intuitive and spiritual astrologer, and she helps you kind of uncover your purpose, karmic mission, your patterns, through astrology and she offers all kinds of readings which by the end of this episode if you're like I need to book a reading with Yvonne don't worry I got you covered that's all going to be in the show notes and we're going to be talking about her different offering of readings at the end of the episode so stay tuned for that I'm really excited like I said jam-packed episode so I hope you're along for the ride and I hope you loved this conversation as much as I do and I guess if you didn't get the point now, we're going to be talking about astrology and lots of different aspects to astrology. So if you geek out on astrology just like I do, let's go, let's get into this. I'll stop talking and let's go talk to Yvonne. Welcome, Yvonne. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank Welcome you so again. much for having me.
0: Yay. So I kind of wanted to start with just like a little backstory. Like, I'm always intrigued. Like, how did you, we talked a little bit, but how did you get your start in astrology? How are you? Because you do this full time now. How did you get your passion in astrology? If we could talk about that a little bit, I'm very always interested in your story.
1: Of course. So my interest in astrology actually started very young. I grew up in a Spanish speaking home. So we always had the Spanish language channels playing. And when I was young, there was this news program and it was called Primer Impacto. And there was this man who would do the astrological forecast on it. His name was Walter Mercado. And I would watch the news only for that. And I would just sit in rapture and wait to see what Walter said was in store for people who are Taurus suns like myself. And I would just wait and be super excited about it. So it started off very young for me. And I would even, I had like a little sleepover book. And it had this activity where it was finding out everyone's birthday and then reading about their sun signs. And I would go around and read that off to everyone. Oh, my gosh. So do you remember how old you were? <laughs> um, I think at that time, I think I was in third grade. So I think oh like eight gosh. years old.
0: Yeah, I guess that's pretty young, too. So you always kind of knew that like your purpose was related to astrology. Like you knew like this is somewhere you wanted to go.
1: Yeah, it was always a really big interest that I had, but I didn't really publicly share it as much Mm -hmm. just because other people weren't as interested. And then I also grew up in a a family that was very Catholic. So some folks in my family kind of looked down on it as witchcraft and I was feeling like, okay, it's probably just easier to keep that from them. Yeah. So when did you start doing it full-time? So I started doing it full-time this year, actually. Okay. Oh, congrats. Yeah. I I had, yeah, I'd been wanting to do an astrology business. I got really deeply more interested in 2021 and I started to learn with teachers and really dive in deeper and do a lot of free practice readings with friends And then when I finally felt like, okay, I have like the confidence to get out there and read for folks, then I decided to make it full-time.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. I love when people just like go head first and like follow their dreams. And that's pretty much what you did. So congrats. Thank you. And then the embodied astrologer, why did you choose that name? Or was it just a
1: random? So I picked that name because... For me, um, I feel like astrology can be such a a mental thing because there's so much information to remember because it has so many moving parts Mm -hmm. with the signs, with the planets, transits, the houses, there's just so much. And it's such a mental kind of thing. And what I noticed was I was just always up in my head thinking all of the time and i would get all these messages and learn all these great things about the astrological transits but i wasn't able to embody them and get down into my own body because i was so stuck in the head Mm -hmm. so that's why i picked the embodied astrologer because i think it's so important for us to be able to integrate that magic and wisdom that comes from astrology by being grounded in our bodies and being able to take those lessons and bring them from just being something in our head to in our reality.
0: I love that. That's kind of where I'm at in life right now too, because I've always been in my head. And just a side note, I did give Yvonne my birth chart. So I don't know if that has anything to do with my birth chart, but I've always lived in my head. And this year is like the first year that I'm doing embodiment practices. Just kind of, I'm still like, thinking and I'm still in my head, but like more so in my body. I am never done that before. And this is the first year. So I love that. It's amazing.
1: Yes. And, and I did see that... something about that in your chart. Oh, you what I yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this might come up when we go into a little okay. bit more of the beginner stuff. Um, but it has to do with the moon sign that you have. Okay. That, okay. So, your moon sign is in Libra. And what I notice with most people who have moon signs in Libra, Aquarius, and, oh my goodness, what is, I'm blanking on the other one, Libra, Aquarius, Gemini. Gemini. Okay. I don't know, I forget because Gemini, I always say Gemini is my favorite. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. But what I notice about folks who have air sign moons is that they're very much stuck in their head because they're more comfortable thinking. And talking and processing their emotions rather than feeling the feelings and getting into the body. Like folks with more earth sign moons would be getting into the body, grounding down or like the water moons where they're just really feeling the feelings. Yeah,
0: that is it. I thought it was more like my Capricorn too, because I'm a Capricorn sun, but that's interesting to hear that it's the Libra moon that is connected to that. So Going into like the beginner stuff, if somebody like doesn't know, they just, you know, they know their zodiac sign and a lot of people do, like that's all, they think they're just this one sign and we're really very complex human beings. And when you look at your chart, it's crazy to to see like how many different signs you have and you hear like the big three. Mm -hmm. So in that, well, I'll let you explain it, but why are those like three kind of what we base like they're so important we call them the big three why is it like those three signs
1: yeah so most folks who start their astrology journey they know for example like myself I'm born on May 8th I would google that and be like oh I'm a Taurus sun Mm -hmm. so I know most people know their sun sign because they've heard all about that it's what um horoscopes are based off of most of the time off the sun sign so that is a part of the big three. It's the sun, the moon, and the rising. Mm -hmm. So these these three pieces are really important to look at in an astrological birth chart because the rising represents how we filter through life. It's our path to fulfillment. It's how we present out to the physical world. Um, For some folks, they even can physically represent some of the traits and qualities of their rising signs. Like I've noticed that a lot of folks who I meet who are Taurus risings and Libra risings, one of the first things I've always picked up on is, wow, that person is so physically beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's because Venus is the ruler of Taurus and Libra. So I've noticed that a lot of folks who are Libra and Taurus risings are very beautiful. Um, your rising, for example, is a Scorpio that's the same as my brother and i've noticed with people who are scorpio risings they might be a little more little more like guarded protected they don't show all of their cards at once cuz they're a little little secretive sometimes mm-hmm. they keep their their information in until they know okay i can really trust you and i can really yes. dive <laughs> in deep with you
0: and it's interesting because before I always knew like I had that side of me, but when I learned about my rising, it kind of gave me like this, not like a kind of a sense of peace. Cause I'm like, okay, like that makes sense. Like why I am that way. So mm-hmm. I like that it gave me like for per- not permission, but it just makes you understand yourself, which is why I love astrology because it's like one of the best tools to really get to know yourself. And I think that's one of the most important things we can do is get to know ourselves, So I think it's like the best tool.
1: Yeah, I think it's such an amazing tool. And that's just what you learn from your rising sign. And then we have our moon, which represents our emotional world and how we process things emotionally. And like I was sharing earlier, I noticed with folks who have air moons, they're more comfortable with thinking about their feelings, with processing through talking, with thinking about situations and sometimes they can get into that rumination kind of a spin with their Mm -hmm. emotions and it's a little harder for them to express their emotions because they're just used to thinking Mm -hmm. versus I'm a water moon so for me I'm Mm -hmm. like very sensitive Um, I really feel my feelings Mm -hmm. and I'm one of those people where I'm like oh like that was that was a little harsh like I need need to take a second to process this. So I'm not coming in from a very emotional, like hurt standpoint, because that's just how my emotional world is. I'm very sensitive. Yeah. That is so
0: interesting. So knowing your moon, it has helped you like navigate your emotions even.
1: Yeah. So it's so beautiful. You learn so much about your emotional world through the moon
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: People who I know who have earth moons, like they're very grounded. They're very practical. They're very in their bodies. And the people with fire moons, those are the people who I notice are very passionate, very fiery, very like, you know what they are feeling because they are showing it. And there is no way for you to close your eyes and be like, I can't see it. I don't notice it because you see the fire.
0: I know. And I've always been so attracted to like fire signs. Like I just, because the passion so I really admire that. I think like every, each sign has something to be admired. So I exactly. love that too. As well as things to work on, which we're always going to be a work in process. It's a journey. So, mm-hmm. but exactly. so do you think if somebody like a beginner, it's a good place to start? Just like looking up their chart, getting their big three mm-hmm. and going from there.
1: Yeah, I think the big three is such a great place to start because all of us at least know our son, but maybe the rising and the moon is something different. And that's a really beautiful place to start and just learn a little bit more about yourself. And as well, something that I like to tell people when they're starting their astrology journeys is that there's no good sign, there's no bad sign. Every single sign has a shadow archetype. And we tend to notice those more because those are the ones that seem to show up a lot in the memes that we see on Instagram. And we know more about like the shadow traits, but every sign also has a higher octave. And it's up to us on what we choose to express and embody in ourselves. So it's always a choice. It's our free will. If we want to be in the shadow of an archetype of that sign, or if we want to step into the higher octave. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if we step into the higher octave, we're going to have to do work and really address those shadows and work through them and own them. I love that. And I love that you say
0: like, there's no, cause there's really, I think like in anything in life, like nothing is all completely bad or good. Mm -hmm. And each sign has strengths and weaknesses. And I think that's a beautiful thing because it gives you a place, like you have somewhere to go, like you can work on yourself and also just admiring your strengths as well is really important. So do you think you can like figure out your strengths and weaknesses like through your astrology?
1: I, I definitely said. think so. Because, like I said, you know, every sign has its shadows and its weaknesses. And it's about really diving in and owning up to, like, oh, yeah, that is a shadow that I have. Like, for example, I'm a Taurus sun. And one of the shadows for Taurus can be being lazy, being stubborn, resisting change. And I do see that in myself sometimes. Like, I used to be a school counselor before, and it took me three years in that role before I finally left. Even though I knew at the end of my first year that I didn't want to continue, it was that stubbornness Mm -hmm. and that feeling of, I don't want to see change happen. I just want to stay where I'm comfortable and complacent. But I was so unhappy. And for me, you know, our sun is where we shine. So I knew that in order to get into those really strength-like qualities of being a Taurus, being embodied, being in my senses, really experiencing and enjoying the material world, I needed to step into that. And I had to let that old career
0: yes, leave. Yeah, that is
1: so beautiful.
0: And like just the self-awareness that you can really gain through astrology, even like it kind of gives you, I think self-awareness is really, really, really important. So the fact that you can gain that through astrology, I think is really beautiful. So is that, um, and the fact that you're living out your purpose right now, I think is so beautiful. Like you were aware, like, I need to go in a different direction, even though it took you some time, like that doesn't really matter. Like you're here now. And I think that is so beautiful.
1: Yeah. And that was a big lesson that I had during my own Saturn return, which I know we'll be chatting about a little bit later.
0: Yes. I love that. So before Saturn returns, I do want to talk about purpose. Mm-hmm. Just, I love talking about purpose and how can we kind of find our purpose through astrology. And I know you do readings kind of related to this too. So how can we use astrology to find our purpose in a sense? That's kind of a big question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that is a big yeah. question. I believe that A big part of um, why I do spiritual astrology is because I see the entire birth chart as karmic and it's a big part of our purpose. So there are points that we can look at for purpose. And one of the big ones is we can look at the nodes. So there's a North node and a South node. And unfortunately, I have noticed that the South node gets a big, bad rap. Mm -hmm. In that was sense. one of the myths that I had. And I was going to ask you about North Node and South Node. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So um, the South Node gets kind of a bad rap because we see it as something that we need to let go of. And when I have done readings with folks, I've had people have asked me, does that mean I have to let go of everything with that sign and just like, step away from it? And I tell them, no, obviously no, like, With the house and the sign that we have our South node in, with the sign, like I shared before, there are strengths and there are weaknesses. And the South node actually is beautiful because it shows gifts, things that we are good at. And it's usually things that are related towards the strength of that sign. Mm -hmm. And we take those gifts and we use them to step into our North node, our purpose, and the north node can feel really uncomfortable for us to step into because it's something brand new that we're not used to the south node feels like that comfy warm sweater that you put on when it's drizzling out and it's raining and you just want to feel warm and cozy versus the north node might feel like ooh that's that's not that warm comfortable sweater that's i have that's been broken in it doesn't feel as comfortable it's kind of itchy it doesn't feel doesn't feel like me but we're stepping into that.
0: So your South node, I have heard that your South node can be like past related to past lives too. Is that true? Or
1: So the way I look at past lives in a birth chart is it could be related towards past lives that we might've experienced or even who we were in the past ourselves. Okay.
0: Okay. So just your own past in your life. So Mm -hmm. my South node is an Aries and I, I thought I was saying I love the fire signs. Like I love Aries. Like I admire them because of that passion. And I've always been super passionate, like growing up. And I was really fiery too. And people have told me that I had, I was like a warrior in a past life. And I was very like headstrong when I was young. And then my North node is in Libra, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's my moon as well. My mom is a Libra. Like I have a lot of Libra around me. And in my, I take Libras as like more peaceful, like balance, which is kind of like the directions where I'm headed, which was uncomfortable because it's easier to just stay with what you know and exactly. change as human beings. We don't really like change, but sometimes we need it most of the time. So I think it's interesting that I am heading toward that direction and learning about South nodes and North nodes, I found it randomly. This is before I even knew much about astrology Mm -hmm. and I like dove deep into it. I was like, this is so interesting because it is related to purpose and it made me feel like it gave me like a track of like where I need to go, which I loved. So um, that's, why I was going to ask you about it because I'm like very intrigued with North nodes and South nodes for that reason. It's such
1: a great way to look and see where we're asking to be you know, shown the direction of this is where I need to move towards. And it's like what you said, it's so comfortable and easy to stay in our south node. And I know for people who have a south node in Aries, for them, it's very easy to be independent, to be on their own, to have that kind of, oh, it's okay. Like, I can do this on my own. I don't need any help. But when we're having a North node in Libra, we're being asked to have healthy relationships, partnerships with others, while still being able to remain sovereign in ourselves. Because one of the shadows that is associated with Libra is people-pleasing. And another one is codependency. So it's taking those positive strengths that are associated with Libra knowing how to be in partnership with folks knowing how to compromise how to make partnerships work and be a functioning member of that while still remaining who you are and that's what the south node is asking you know to say all right I can still take all of these strengths I know how to be independent I know how to do things on my own if I need to and that's lovely but I'm also going to open myself up to being a part of a group or being a part of a partnership and know that I can still be my full self and it's okay. I I don't have to sacrifice myself. (laughs)
0: Like that is so aligned. That's so funny. So someone once told me that South node was like what you need to leave behind and North node is what you go to. But I like how you're saying you don't have to leave it completely behind and there's good things about it. And you can take that into you in your next journey, like take the good and incorporate that into like your next area in life that you're going towards.
1: Exactly. I see the south node as a gift.
0: It is a gift. Yeah. I like, I've never heard of it that way, which I think is a huge myth too. I've always heard it's like, yeah, you. that's where you need to, it's like a compass, like go away from that and go towards your North node which is your purpose. That's what i Exactly.
1: Because <laughs> if I did that, my south node is in cancer mm-hmm. and my north node is in Capricorn. So if I was letting go of those really positive cancer traits that I have, like I have so many clients who have told me that when they work with me, they're like, I just feel so nurtured and so cared for when I'm getting a reading with you, when I'm working with you. And that's one of the gifts that I take with me from having a South node in cancer and bringing that into myself, stepping into that CEO kind of role that's associated with being a Capricorn, especially because for me, it's in my second house. It's the house of, you know, self-worth. It's the house of money. So I'm being asked to take those Capricorn gifts and make money with it. Yeah. And I bring in that piece yeah. with the Cancer South Node of being nurturing, being caring, wanting to serve and help others.
0: Yes, and I do get that Cancer like essence from you a little bit and you're very calming. And yeah, if you were just to like be like, okay, that's not me anymore, that wouldn't be as beneficial to you in the long run too. So I love that. So I wanted to talk about, before we get into Saturn Returns, um, You do a lunar forecast on your Instagram, which I love. It's like very in depth. But how can we use our birth chart with the moon faces? Because I love the moon. Me so I too. To talk about this a little. <laughs>
1: that's why that I love your to your do the lunar forecast,
0: and it's so in depth. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you break it down with the dates, like really, really in depth. So I think that's really. Oh,
1: cool. thank you. Yeah. I love the moon as well. So I love getting to do that. And I had shared how um recently we had a full moon in Aries. And oh, it was really
0: intense, by the way. Yes. For me.
1: I felt it as well too. I was so wired that day. I don't drink energy drinks, but I felt like I had chugged like five Red Bulls because I was so wired and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't rest. And when I looked at the moon, I was like, okay, like I'm gonna be feeling some relief. Um on September 30th. I was like, okay, there's gonna be some relief because the moon is gonna transition from fiery Aries into Taurus. Yeah. That's so gonna be more grounded. It's gonna be okay to do more nurturing things. I'm gonna feel more calm. And I had shared on Instagram, you know, how many of you guys were feeling Feeling it during the full moon. (laughs) And a lot of people are like, I was feeling it. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, I had other people who were like, I was feeling it that day, but like now I feel more calm and grounded. And I was like, I have to share with people that because the moon is in Taurus. Yes, that's so
0: interesting. And just to be aware and like, look, so we should look and see what sign the moon is in. Because obviously we have a full moon and a new moon Mm -hmm. once at least once a month. So like, look to see what sign that moon is in and like go from there.
1: Yeah, because the moon shifts signs every two and a half days. Mm -hmm. So we have a different kind of cycle and it's really fun. At least for me, I really enjoy looking and seeing where the moon is at because it helps me kind of navigate like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That's why I was feeling really fired up that day. And most of the times when I find that it's because I'm in a fire moon Um, before the full moon in Aries, I was just feeling really tired, really emotionally drained. And the moon was in Pisces that's in my natal moon. So I like to check in when, you know, your moon sign, it's a beautiful point to see when it comes back and just like check in. And I use that as like a check-in point with myself and how I'm doing emotionally.
0: Okay. Yeah. I love that. I love that we can use the moon. I, that's something that I want to, I do like a little routine, like full moon um, routine with myself and a new moon, but I want to get more, incorporate the moon more into my life because I think it's really powerful. So, and we can like flow with the moon instead of kind of mm-hmm. work against it. So um, I like that a lot.
1: Same here. And I feel like as women too, because we, we flow with the moon. It's such a beautiful way to be like in tune with that and know where the moon is. And kind of, even if we don't know like what a certain sign is, you know, knowing just like, Oh, this is an earth moon. Like, this is a great time for me to get grounded, to get practical. This is a water moon. This is a beautiful time for me to really get in touch with my emotions and drop into my heart. When we have air moons, it's a great time for us to do things that involve communication, writing, things that are mentally stimulating. Like if you have like a speaking engagement. It's a beautiful time to do that during a air moon because we're just really being supported by that energy. And when we need that fire, that extra pep in our step, it's a great time to utilize that with the fire moons.
0: Yes. And I feel like that does put you in a place of embodiment too, when you're not fighting against just like what's naturally going on in the world, the universe, it just, you flow with it. It gets, it puts you, I feel like it automatically puts you in like the embodiment state, which is really beautiful too.
1: I definitely agree. And I, I just love that. Like I love how there are ways to take the astrology that we just all know in our heads and finding ways to embody it. And that's why I like to share those calendars because I think it's a beautiful way for people to know where the moon is at and get a little more guidance around why they're they might have been feeling really tired or drained that day or really fired up and to know like oh okay this is like my permission slip because sometimes I feel like we live in a world where we don't trust our own bodies and our own guidance and we need that little permission slip so we can build up more trust in ourselves yes I love that
0: I really, yeah, I really love the moon. I love what it gives us. I feel like it's one of the most magical things. So yeah, I I need to go through because you just posted one today,
1: Yes, I believe. And we'll leave just your- Just posted Instagram the October and one. And
0: everything. So if anybody wants to go look at that, I feel like it's a really good information too. very in-depth, like you do your research and obviously, <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. But okay, so those were all- The things, yeah, I want to talk about North and South Node purpose. And so, yeah, if you do, if somebody is wanting to like find their purpose, North and South Node is a good place to look at, which I kind of knew that, but then you immediately said that too. So I'm like, okay, like that, that's what I thought too. So I like that. But we were going to talk about Saturn returns, which I'm kind of nervous about, kind of excited because I don't know much about it. All I know is I'm entering mine soon. And I feel like there is a bad stigma around it as well. And I know it's supposed to be like challenging, which I'm all up for a challenge whenever. So I'm open to that, but what is the Saturn return?
1: So in our birth charts, when we're all born, we have a beautiful birth chart that's created and we have every single sign. We have all the planets in our birth charts. So we have a planet called Saturn and Saturn is all about karma. It's kind of like that grandfather energy, that strict grandfather who wants you to learn your lesson, wants to teach you, gives you that tough love. And we all have Saturn somewhere in our birth charts. And a Saturn return happens when Saturn returns back to that exact spot in our birth charts that it was when we were born so for people it depends on when it makes that exact connection Mm -hmm. for that date so roughly for people can start as early as 27 if your saturn is on an earlier degree and it can go as late to being 30 if it's towards the end So that's when that happens. It takes Saturn roughly about 29 and a half years to go back to the exact same placement it was when we were born.
0: You'll have potentially multiple Saturn returns.
1: Yes. So we have, that is our first one, the one that we experienced from 27 to 30. And then there is a second one from 56 to 59. And then a third one from 86 to 89. And there could be a fourth one. I'm not sure if folks will make yes. it this long, but we're, <laughs> here's hoping it's from yes. 116 to 119. Wow. Okay. And like, what can we expect
0: like in our Saturday return, Like, why is it good to be like knowledgeable about it?
1: One of the things that I've noticed that is really Great when folks get interested in astrology and learn more about Saturn returns is that it helps us prepare and know a little bit more about what to expect and how to embrace it so we're not fighting against it because what I've noticed is when we fight against it we learn the lesson even harder and when we have our next Saturn return, it could be even harder than the first one because we have to learn that lesson. Mm-hmm. So the beautiful thing with Saturn in a chart is in spiritual astrology, they say that that is something that our soul promised, that it is here to learn and to master. And when you really put in the work and the effort to learn and master that part of your chart, you are rewarded. Yeah. Okay.
0: And do we have like, well, I know the theme of my Saturn return. Or it's just going to be like surprise. Like these are going to be the challenges or like what I need to overcome. Like, how does that work? Does
1: so, that make sense? Yeah, that that <laughs> okay. makes sense. So all of us were born in different soul groups. So Saturn changes signs every two and a half years. So I was born in 1991. So folks from 1991 to 1993 we're a part of the Saturn in Aquarius generation. Okay. So all of us there in that period, we were learning those lessons around what it means to have Saturn in Aquarius. So Aquarius is all about innovation. It's all about owning your uniqueness. It's about bringing things that are new into the world and really owning up to it and who you are. And then for you, you're a part of the Saturn and Pisces generation. Okay. So everyone knows right now that um, Saturn just wrapped up its cycle in Aquarius and it entered uh, into Pisces on March 7th. Okay. So everyone who has a Saturn in Pisces has probably been feeling it to some degree since march 7th of 2023 and it's going to remain there until may 24th of 2025 then it'll move into aries so again like i said there are strengths to assign and there are weaknesses to assign Mm -hmm. so the beautiful thing about pisces energy is Pisces energy is very compassionate. It's very loving. It's very sweet. It's spirituality. It's that unconditional love. It's creative. I see this placement come up a lot in people who do art, who do music, who are really in touch with those kinds of creative outlets. But it also has its weaknesses, the shadows. And one of the shadows that's associated with the energy of Pisces is having rose-colored glasses where they are, they have such a beautiful way of seeing the world where they see everything so positively, but sometimes it's like they have those rose-colored glasses on and they're not seeing those red flags. They're kind of ignoring them because they have the rose-colored glasses and they think, oh, like, no, it's, it's not that bad. Like, it's okay. It'll get better. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one of the lessons that folks with the Pisces placements are learning to take off those rose colored glasses and learn to identify those red flags. Okay. So I should really
0: like during my own Saturn return, lean in to the unconditional love and like be aware of that. So and then why, um, why is it that it is like so challenging? I'm doing that in air quotes because I don't think it's necessarily like a bad thing that it's challenging, but that's just what people kind of have the stigma around it or that it's going to be like really, really hard and like you're going to be going through a tough time, like all of this stuff.
1: So Saturn is the planet of discipline and hard work. So we're really being asked to show more discipline and hard work. And another shadow that's associated with Pisces is also boundaries because Pisces can feel kind of like it's floating. So sometimes it doesn't have a lot of structure, doesn't have a lot of boundaries. And when Saturn comes into Pisces, it's saying, hey, I need you to look at this. I need you to get some structure involved. I need you to set some boundaries and learn how to set limits. And for Pisces, that's a little, a little more hard to do because they want to, you know, be flowing, they want to be free, they want to show that's that beautiful. unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful energy. Yes. And for them, it kind of feels like, oh, that's almost being really mean. Yeah. But again, it comes down to that piece where if you You can't give from an empty cup. And I always tell all my clients who struggle with this, you know, I tell them always give when your cup is overflowing and people can put their cup up next to yours and take from that overflow.
0: Yeah. That's when we should be in life. Yeah. I think that is really important. And the boundaries, that's very interesting because I have struggled with boundaries. I think I do have like a lot of like tough love, but I think more so like with relationships, I struggle with boundaries, not in like work, anything like that. I'm very like pretty good at that, but when it comes to relationships, so I don't know I have like an inkling that my Saturn return will have something to do with relationships and like setting boundaries and being maybe like being practical. Like, I don't know why I'm thinking this. I just like have kind of like an intuitive, intuitive feeling about it. Like, maybe like being more practical and relationships. I see with rose colored glasses. I will yeah. say, it's
1: you are so spot on. <laughs> you are spot on with the intuition because there are two layers that we look at when we look at a Saturn return. We look at the sign. Because the sign is going to tell us some of those themes, some of those archetypes that are going to be related. And then we also look at the house. So for you, your Saturn return is happening in the fifth house. Okay. The fifth house is all about romance. It's about dating. It's about uh, sexuality. It's about creativity and self-expression. So for someone who has that placement, it could be a really beautiful opportunity to learn how to put the boundaries out there, really get comfortable looking at, ooh, what are these red flags that are coming up in my relationships and how do I set the boundaries so that doesn't happen? And it's also the house of children. So I've noticed that some people who have um, Saturn in the fifth house, they may have children during the Saturn return, They could have children later in life or they might just come to the conclusion that having children is not for them. That's one of the pieces of the fifth house children.
0: That is interesting. And I'm kind of, when it comes to children, I'm like, I definitely think it'll be either later in life or not at all. Like, I would be very shocked if I had a child during my Saturn return. But then again, like we can't really, you just never know. But that's interesting that that is already like kind of, a part of the Saturn return too. Cause I mean, I've never really thought about that,
1: but yeah, I think I've met people that you can see that. Yeah. I've met people who have had uh Saturn in the seventh house and sometimes, um, they have really big heartbreaking relationships where they really get in touch with like, oh, what do I want in a relationship? But I've also known people who get married during that period of time. So things things can be very different. You know, it could be one of those big heartbreaking lessons, but for the people who I notice who are really taking in those lessons and really making the work to integrate them, they're the ones who are going to have an easier time with the Saturn return. And they might even have in some of those beautiful things that happen, like having a child, getting married, it could be someone starting a new job, um, So many beautiful things can happen as well. It's not just all doom and gloom. Which I am. I am open
0: to, like, this is something regarding relationships. I thought I had learned these lessons. It's just like when you think you've learned everything you can about a subject, but there's always going to be more. But then I recently just went through a breakup. So that was kind of, I was rose colored glasses and the boundaries, like all of these themes. And now I kind of feel like I'm actually open to learning these lessons in like a real way. So I am open. I might be hard, but I am open to that. So I think that's interesting that it is. And it's the fifth house,
1: mm-hmm. which is really yeah, it's in the fifth house for you.
0: That's very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. So as soon as you were mentioning all those things, I was like, your intuition is on fire because it's picking yeah. up on those fifth house themes and one of the things as well is Pisces is a mutable energy. So it's able to, to change, be flexible, take new directions. And the thing with Saturn coming in there, it's really helpful for Pisces energy because Pisces energy can sometimes be so flexible going all over the place and it gives it structure. So for folks with Pisces this could even be a really beautiful opportunity to just have more more structure get in more discipline get more grounding in cuz that's the thing with like the earth signs as well and it brings in that grounded energy as well
0: i think it's interesting i've always loved Pisces too like i think it is a beautiful sign like my Pisces good friend i just admire her like her personality it is very flow I'm like, I love that because that's not necessarily how I've been my whole entire life. I've been, I think I have been more structure kind of, but I I am open to calling in like Pisces energy, like through the Saturn return, which I think will be really good.
1: Yeah, and I noticed like when we have that period, it's really asking us like to look at this area of life and really master it because when we take the time to, Saturn brings gifts Mm -hmm. so it's not always negative you know I have a friend who had an unfortunate situation where someone read her chart and said oh your chart has Saturn in the fifth house you won't have children and um I was sharing that story earlier with you and how I read her chart and I told her, no, you know, Saturn in the fifth house can mean having children later in life. It could mean having a child during Saturn return, or even opting not to have children. And it's okay. It's just ultimately up to you and your decision. And she also has Uranus there. So I told her, you know, if you do have children, it could be through an unexpected way. It could be you know, you, you're surprised and you find out you're pregnant. And it could be through an unconventional type of means like adoption, IVF, surrogacy, something that's non traditional. Mm-hmm. And it was just very disempowering to have someone tell her that means, no, you won't have children. And this year, you know, she's having a baby. <laughs> Unexpected, was not <laughs> expecting it, but she's having a baby. And I told her that when I was looking at her chart.
0: Yes. I think with anything, we do need to have a sense of empowerment. And like, I think it is more so like a gift too. Like you're going to be overcoming something that maybe you've struggled with. And it's like, if you're like ready to take it on, like, like you said, with the gifts, I think with everything, like there are rewards. Like when you go through something, you work, you put in the work, there's going to be a reward. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of, how I'm going to look at it like a gift that you get to overcome something and not so disempowering because it can be feel a little scary because nobody wants to go through hard times especially I feel like which is so not true but I'm like I've already been through hard times like why is there another one like I thought this was the time when you like you're like okay I know who I am like I'm ready to like enter my adulthood but I think it is a gift because you do get to like really conquer something that makes sense yeah
1: exactly and it's just you getting that chance to learn and to grow and Mm -hmm. to get something positive from it because it really does bring that gift and it's what your soul promised that it was going to come in and master and the beautiful thing about Saturn is when we do put in the work and we are being conscious of it because we have that knowledge around what it means to have Saturn in the specific sign that we have it and in the specific house, we can really work towards it. And it really helps soften that energy because when we're making the work and the progress towards it, Saturn becomes more soft and easier on us once we enter in our, our 30s. Okay.
0: And that's like at least like before, in our mid Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. So. Yeah. And I have heard with Saturn Returns, like you might go through like a breakup, like all these things. I'm like, nobody like that doesn't sound very fun. And so it's good to hear like a more positive outlook on it,
1: more empowering outlook. So I really like that, too, which is really yeah. good. I think that's one of the unfortunate things where we just hear so many so many negative things about that or even something like Mercury retrograde too. You know, everyone's like, oh, Mercury retrograde. Like my life is going to be over during that three week period. And I always tell people, I'm like, when we have a retrograde, it's such a beautiful time for us to workshop that theme of that planet. And when you know your chart, you know the house that it's in And that helps give you another layer of like, oh, yeah, I really need to workshop and retool that area. And this is my chance to do it. And it puts that kind of like magnifying glass there. And if you take it and you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I could do that. But when we're not taking the opportunities to put in those work, then it does feel really hard on us because we're going against going internal and really putting in that effort and work.
0: And when you resist it, it is going to be harder. Mm -hmm. And these lessons, like, I think we are here, like, in life to learn and grow. That's why the podcast is called Glow As You Grow, because we're going to be growing our whole entire lives. So having this tool to help us, I feel like we're so lucky. And, like, we should be, like, very grateful for that, because it's really just, like, pointing us in the right direction, like, showing us, like, what do we need to work on instead of doing it, like, blindly. So...
1: Exactly. That's why I see the chart as so karmic and why it's so beautiful to get the chance to look at it as a whole, because you learn so much about yourself because we're just talking about, you know, Saturn. And we talked a little bit about the North node, but there's so much (laughs) more in the chart. There's so much to look in and dissect. Oh my goodness. Exactly. I always call it
0: our soul blueprint. Yes. And you can just like keep on learning and learning, which I absolutely love. I think that's so much fun. So I really love that. And I was going to talk to you about Mercury and retrograde too, because I think that's a huge myth. And I don't think one thing can be like totally, completely bad. So we can look at it because I mean, the feelings might feel heavier during Mercury retrograde, which even sometimes like on a full moon or something, they feel heavier, but normally that's calling us to learn something. And it's very personal too, like with your chart to each person, which is, it blows my mind, all of it. So I think it's just like such a great tool, which is so good.
1: Same here. I love looking at like all the bigger moving parts. Cause you know, we could, we just had mercury retrograde in Virgo. And for me, you know, Virgo is in my 10th house. So it really gave me the chance to sit down and reflect on how I want to show up in my work, Mm -hmm. how I want to serve my audience, the people that I'm working with, and really get the chance to figure out, like, how I want to use my voice. And that's how the idea of running new moon circles came to me and how that was something that i wanted to do to help serve my community it was something that i was really scared to do and thought oh no i can't do that that's <laughs> that's really intimidating that's really scary to put that out there but it was something that came through during that period and once i told people about it recently they've been really excited and they're like i can't wait for the first new moon circle so you know that came through from the last Mercury retrograde. Wow. Oh my goodness. So
0: this is something you're recently starting?
1: Yeah, it's something that I recently want to start offering and they're going to be free new moon circles. Mm -hmm. And I love the new moon because it's such a beautiful time to plant seeds and set intention, bring manifestations forward. So I want to take the opportunity to talk about the astrology, what's going on outside of we have a new moon in this sign because there's so much that's also going on on top of that. And I think it's so beautiful to share that information with folks. And I want to hold the space so we can all set intentions, goals and have accountability and see what blocks are coming up for us. Because I know for myself, one of the big blocks that was coming out for me with having these new moon circles was oh my gosh, I am getting nervous about sharing my voice and putting myself out there. But that's something that I need to do because my Saturn is in Aquarius in the third house. I'm here to share and communicate a message to the collective. I'm here to share my knowledge, my wisdom with folks. And I can't be doing that if I'm scared at my house <laughs> um, you have to put yourself out there and you just I have to put myself out there sometimes my theme lately
0: with life too is like feel the fear do it anyways which was my last podcast episode and limiting beliefs around that it's like you have to put yourself out there which exactly. whatever that looks like for you it's different for you and it's different for me but I, it's just so important to follow too like what your intuition is telling you to do these circles. And you know, that in the long run, like this is going to be the right thing. It might feel scary, but you sometimes have to feel that fear and continue to do it. Same with the Saturn return. It's, it might be a little Mm -hmm. scary, but
1: maybe that's not a bad thing completely. So yeah, it's like our North node, you know, we're stepping into something that's for our greater purpose, but it doesn't feel comfortable because we're being asked to step out of our comfort zone, yes. but we don't grow or gain anything from just staying in our comfort zone. No, the magic truly does.
0: Sounds cliche because I, you hear this, but the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. Like there's, exactly. that's just how it is. And I believe that like wholeheartedly that's what I personally want to help people get out of their comfort zones. Like, I think that's part of my purpose. So that's huge to me. And I think it's really amazing that you're doing that in the circles and I
1: can't wait to see that. I'm like, I'm totally interested in joining too. <laughs> yes, they're going to be, there to be free circles. And like I said, we're going to share, I'm going to share the astrology about what's going on. We're going to take the time to set goals and intentions and we're going to look at the blockages. And I love EFT tapping. So we're going to do EFT oh, tapping nice. as well to like help clear those blocks that are showing up. So our manifestations can just soar on through. Yes. I love that. So
0: I think it's a good time to talk about, cause you have different reading offerings. So somebody wanted to get a reading with you and going into EFT tapping, which is one of my favorite modalities ever. And you combine astrology and EFT. So I yes. think that is so, I don't, I haven't seen anybody do that. Personally, I haven't seen anybody. So I think that's really unique and cool. And like, how
1: does that look? I'm curious. Like, in one so, of So your- Yeah. So when people book a reading, I have a little questionnaire that I ask them to fill out because I like to know what the intention is for the reading, what areas want to be looked at and examined. And for the EFT one, I've noticed that draws in people who want to look at money in particular. And it's a lot of people who I've noticed have money blocks. So we look at money in the birth chart, and then we tap through that as well. I've also noticed that's something that pulls people in with love who are experiencing love blocks and want to learn more about their love blueprint, more about how to be in relationship, how to have that self-love with themselves. And we also do some tapping around that as well. And I notice this just like as a <laughs> across the board theme. A lot of people want to talk about career mm-hmm. and purpose. So yeah. we also do that. And I always like to let people know too, you know, sometimes our career isn't in our purpose. And that's okay. Like our purpose can be something different, and we can have a career that's something different. It's just about following both. Like I have a friend who her Um, north node is in the 12th house in Sagittarius she loves learning she loves diving deep into like psychology and those kinds of topics she has a job where she sells insurance she likes it she thinks it's (gasps) lovely she works from home and it affords her the freedom to like travel it affords her the freedom to pay for courses and invest in the knowledge that she likes and I told her that's you living your purpose because you are fulfilling that piece of the Sagittarius North node in the 12th house. You're diving in deep into these spiritual topics. You're expanding, you're growing, you're traveling, and it doesn't matter that you sell insurance. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, sometimes I do. it does line up and we do work that is in our purpose, but sometimes we- We don't. And I think it's really important to remind folks that because I've noticed people feel a lot of shame when they say something like, oh, but that person is coaching people on relationships and that's their purpose. Yeah.
0: Especially when you are in this wellness space Mm -hmm. and everybody is doing something like something that like in the wellness space and like coaching something like astrology, whatever it is. And like, it's okay, like you say, if your job isn't necessarily that, you can still even be like very intrigued and like this stuff, but it doesn't have to be like your whole career. And it's interesting because I wanted, I thought I had to make my career because I'm really interested in personal development and I love it and I always will, but I'm a flight attendant and my flight attendant job opens up a million, million, million doors every single day. And it's not necessarily my purpose because, well, it might be correlated, but because I do like to learn and explore, but it doesn't feel like my purpose. Like it doesn't give me that feeling like I'm helping people on a soul level, which I want to do, but it is like a tool. Like it's it's gonna be my career. I'm thinking I'm gonna do it through the rest of my life, but I also wanna do other things to help people. So it doesn't have to be just like one thing and you're allowed to do like different things. Exactly. I like that you say that though. I think it's really important. A good reminder.
1: Yeah. That's my belief as well too, that you don't have to always have your career and your purpose be the same thing. They can be separate. They can intertwine as long as you're feeling fulfilled with what you have. I think that's, what's important.
0: That's all that matters. So you offer these different kind of readings. So you do a Saturn return reading, which is good for me. I'm going to have to book one because I want to go more in depth, but anybody entering their Saturn return, what if somebody, cause I have most of the people in my life are like 30 for some reason, like mm-hmm. my sister, my best friends, and they've are kind of getting out of their Saturn return. Like, is it still beneficial to learn about it even though they are kind of on that opposite end than I am?
1: So I think astrology is beautiful for everyone. And there are so many other things that could be happening Mm -hmm. in someone's birth chart. It's not just Saturn returns. Um, There could be other things, other personal transits that are going on. And I always share with folks that When you're feeling pulled and called to get an astrology reading, a lot of times it's because there's some kind of personal transit going on Mm -hmm. and you're intuitively feeling it, but you may not know what it is, or it could even be a big collective one. But most of the times I've noticed it's, they've got some kind of personal transit happening and it just gives that beautiful insight and support and guidance around it because they may not have known and I noticed that sometimes when we don't know, we just feel like we're suffering in silence and we have to suffer. But it's beautiful when you have a tool like astrology, because it shows you like, ah, here's the deeper insight of what's happening. And here's some tools and advice and things that I could take so I can integrate this and move from the shadow into the light.
0: I love that. So you do more You have, I wrote it down somewhere, but you have just like a general reading too that you can book. So, going into that, you don't really need to know, like, this is my
1: problem, like, this is what I need to work Mm -hmm. on. It can just be, yeah, general. So, I offer an intuitive astrology reading, and I call it an intuitive astrology reading because sometimes I get messages and my intuition picks up on things during readings that I share. And I also will tap in to my own knowledge and I'll be curious about certain things and I'll pull up other stuff. And that's one of like the fun parts that I really enjoy is sharing these deeper insights with folks and getting the chance to share and teach. So if it's someone who's super brand new, we might start off really basic with looking at the primal triad the sun the moon the rising we'll look at what the planets are doing in that chart how they're interacting and for someone who's maybe had more of a deeper knowledge or has had a reading we can go in even deeper we can look at the aspects that are going on how the planets are interacting with each other in the chart we can look at the transits, what's happening in the stars right now and how is that playing out with your birth chart? I like to look at so many different things um, with folks in there as well and more, more, more advanced topics. Like I like to look at where the progressed moon is because we go into a different moon cycle every two and a half years in our progressed chart and it just gives that flavor for what's going on um, I love looking at solar returns. I offer a solar return chart reading. And I think solar returns are so beautiful because every year on our birthday, when the sun goes back to the exact same degree that it was on the day we were born, that is our solar return. Uh-huh. And when we have our solar return, that's a temporary birth chart that follows us from that birthday to the next. And it gives an outlook as to, what kind of themes you'll be experiencing for that year.
0: I love that. That's really fun too. I think
1: it's such a great birthday gift for yourself or for a friend.
0: That is a good birthday gift because every single birthday, I take it as an opportunity to like, kind of like reinvent myself, restart and just breaking it down into those years is so cool. So you can book a reading on your Instagram, which is embodied astrologer. So I'll put that in the show notes and thank you like thank you for sharing your knowledge I'm so grateful I think you're such an amazing soul you're so sweet and so knowledgeable so thank you for coming on
1: is there anything else you want to add before we head off I will be adding in some astrocartography readings in in the future either in October or they'll be coming in November because I love astrocartography I think it's such a beautiful and amazing tool and I found for myself and from the people who I've read their charts for it's so insightful when you learn about the astrocartography that's going on in that country in that area and like connecting it with oh that's why I had that kind of experience it just gives such a great eye-opening and it's also such a great way to connect with where the places you may want to travel and visit. It's right on my alley. So and honestly,
0: I need to share that with like flight attendants. And I feel like that's so like aligned. And basically it's your birth chart on a map.
1: Exactly. It's like
0: a really good way to explain it.
1: Exactly. It's Um, like taking your birth chart and putting it on a map of the world. And there are all of these lines that run through it. And it's just such an amazing opportunity to see and learn more about those lines and how to activate them. Because one of the beautiful things with astrocartography is you don't have to physically be there to activate that line. You can activate it remotely or you can visit it. You know, yeah. it's up to you ultimately, but it gives such amazing tools and we talked a little bit about a great way for beginners to learn a little bit more. Um, I have a astrology cheat sheet okay. that I created and it's a wonderful tool for beginners where you can pull up your birth chart. And I share what are the signs archetypes that are associated with the signs with the planets. And I also break down the houses. So it's a great way for beginners to pull up their chart and start to, Learn ah oh, these are the signs these are the planets this is what they mean and this is what that house means.
0: Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I'm gonna have to do that. I know a little bit about astrology, but I'm kind of I've been recently learning more and more, and it's, there's just so much to it. It's so complex, which I love, but really bringing it down in a way that you can understand, I think, is really helpful too because it's so much so thank you i'm gonna have to
1: download that g sheet yes so that's a great way for folks to start and i also have my email list it's called lunar love letters and i send it out every new moon and full moon and i give deeper guidance and insight than i do on my instagram with each new moon and full moon i share about the risings I share about the themes that will be interacting with all the risings. I have questions in there. I dive in even deeper since Instagram limits me on how much I yeah, can that's write. So, cool. so it's a great way to keep in touch with me. And that's also where I'm gonna be sending out the links so folks can come and join the new moon circles and they'll be receiving replays. So if you can't make it, I'm going to record it and there will be a replay. Amazing so many
0: different like places where you can go. I love it. So thank you so much. I'm so happy that you came on and thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Me too. I loved it. I loved it. And I hope I know, cause I know the viewer, the listeners are going to love it as well. It's, I'm already like going in my head. I'm like, there's so much for me to be thinking about. I need to like journal after this, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Glow As You Grow podcast. If you like this episode, please show your support by leaving a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and make sure to share it with a friend. You can also subscribe to our podcast YouTube channel at Glow As You Grow Pod. And lastly, make sure to follow me over on Instagram at Glow As You Grow Pod for more content on personal growth. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and remember, keep glowing and growing.